0: Funding for this class is provided by Benjamin Arieh and family in loving memory of Raphael, son of Chacham, Rabbi Chia. We thank Hashem that you return to me my soul. We don't thank Hashem just for giving me life. We specify, we thank Hashem for restoring my soul. My soul means a Jewish soul. Why are we thanking Hashem specifically? For nishmasi, for restoring to me my soul, my Jewish soul. Uh, There's a beautiful story of the Rebbe who uh, gave a blessing to one of his Hasidim. Rabbi, you could And the Rebbe blessed him and said, blessed him with long life. He should live a long life. And Rabbi, you could responded to the altar Rebbe and says, Rebbe, not so fast. I'll accept your blessing on one condition. That it shouldn't be, I shouldn't live like a hick. Poyer yarden." Eyes that don't see, ears that don't hear. I'll only accept your blessing if I live a life where I can see godliness, where I can hear godliness, where I can experience God. Now, <laughs> Rebbe gives you a blessing. You run. You don't ask any questions, no strings attached. You take the blessing and run. Here, Rebbe see Leppel is making all sorts of conditions. Rebbe, I'll accept the blessing only under these circumstances. But for a Jew, a life, it's not connected. A life, it's not plugged in. It's not a life. He says, Rebbe, that's not a blessing. Just to extend my existence. I live another day, another day. To expand my existence, expand my ego. That's not a blessing. A blessing is long days, long life. A meaningful life. A life that's connected. L'chaim, a life that's full of life, of meaning, of purpose. It's connected with eternity. Connected with godliness. Connected with Hashem. That I have eyes that see. I see and perceive godliness. I hear godliness. But a day or a life without Hashem, it's not a blessing. So we thank Hashem for restoring and for returning Nishmasi, my soul. A Jewish soul. A Jewish soul that's plugged in. That's so connected that the very first moment of awakefulness, the very first moment of consciousness, the very first thing that we think of is, our very first thought is, Hashem. The very first words that we speak First thing that we do, the first declaration, a statement, is a prayer, a connection with Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Because that's the Jewish soul. The Jewish soul is plugged in. The Jewish soul is connected. And because we're so plugged in and connected, that's why we make all these connections. We connect our waking up, our wakefulness, our personal experience, immediately extrapolate that and connect it with Hashem. Just like we experience ourselves from the inside out, so we experience Hashem also from the inside out. Now the modaani ani also hints at, the rabbis say, to the idea of the resurrection. When we say, Rabbah Munosecha, great is your faith, we're hinting at and referring to that waking up in the morning which in a way is like a mini-resurrection, because when a person is asleep, it's like a 60th of death. Your consciousness is asleep. Your eyes are not functioning. Your ears are not functioning. Your mind is not really functioning. Your conscious self is asleep. So it's a taste of death. 60th of death. When you wake up in the morning, it's like a resurrection. So this reinforces my faith And my belief in the 13th principle of Jewish faith, in the ultimate resurrection, that just like we wake up from our sleep, so too the dead will also wake up from their sleep, from their death, and the dead will be resurrected. Now, superficially, it seems a little very, it seems very far-fetched, I mean... (laughs) Okay, you wake up in the morning, you, when you're asleep, it's a little a 60th of death, it's a little taste, a little whiff of death. But the body is the same, yes, the eyes and ears don't function when you're asleep, but it's there. The resurrection, however, will be like, almost like a, a total, total renewal. The body disintegrates, there's almost nothing left of the body except for the bone, the some luz. How could you compare waking up in the morning to the resurrection of the dead. But the truth is that waking up in the morning allows us to experience the idea that God creates the world each and every moment. That the world is constantly being renewed each and every moment. you know, why did, why did Hashem create the world in such a way that a third of our life we're asleep? We're horizontal. Such a royal waste of time. But Hashem gave us the greatest gift of all. That every day it's like a brand new world. It's a new day. What happened yesterday is yesterday. The sun rises, the sun shines, sunrise, a fresh start. The truth is it's not, only, it's not only in the morning. Every moment is truly a fresh start. Because Hashem, cre- creation is not something that happened 5,780 years ago. Creation is ongoing. It's dynamic. It's vibrant. The world may appear to be rigid and frozen and, and static, but nothing could be further than the truth. The reality is the world is vibrating. The world is dynamic. Every moment, energy is being transformed into matter. The world is pulsating. The world is alive. We are just blind, deaf, and dumb. We are asleep. We don't sense it. We don't feel it. So Hashem gave us the gift. Every morning we get to experience renewal. The concept, the idea. It gives us a taste of how dynamic and vibrant the world really is, life really is. We are being recreated each and every moment, literally, each and every moment. Truth is not so far-fetched. you know. We know scientifically the body, after, every two, three years we basically have a new body. <laughs> the cells are constantly recreating. How many years? Seven. For everything. There are some organs that are recreated every few months, and some organs... Bones. I think the liver, uh, the kidneys they are. seven days of creation. Well, seven days of creation, very good so everything appears to be static, but the truth is, the world is dynamic, the world is constantly in flux, the world is changing the world, we don't see that we don't sense that, so Hashem gave us the gift of waking up every morning and experiencing the idea of freshness, of newness, of renewal, of, of something that's brand new and it's not just the morning. From this we understand, we make the connection that everything, our bodies are constantly being recreated. It's truly a resurrection <laughs> because every moment Hashem is recreating us. So it's like a new body. It's a new beginning. It's a new... Even the physical, everything is being recreated. Not just our souls are restored to us. But just like the resurrection of the dead, the bodies will be Resurrected. The bodies are being renewed. It's not just we were asleep, our eyes were closed, our eyes were shut, we weren't thinking, and now all of a sudden we're awake, and now we're conscious, and we can see and hear. No, our physical bodies are constantly being renewed, just like in resurrection. It, it's a much deeper understanding of the concept. It's not just some far-fetched uh, hint that something that's in the future. And it's not in the future. It's this moment. It's you and I in this moment, and it's happening right now as we speak. And when you say moda'ani, you're plugging into that truth, into that reality. That the world is in flux and we're constantly changing, and therefore, life is not rigid, you're not stuck. Most people throw in the towel, they give up hope. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I might as well quit while I'm behind. What's the point? I'm too old to change. I mean, you know, you can't teach an old horse new tricks. It's too late. Nothing could be further than the truth. Hashem is recreating us each and every day, each and every moment. The physical, every part of this world, every part of us is constantly being recreated. The, the act of creation is, is, is dynamic, even though we don't feel it, we don't sense it. The modern physicist will tell you what's the table? It's really atoms, it's energy that's swirling so quickly. You know, the staple is 99.9% empty. But it's, 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 just, it's so dynamic and vibrant that it appears to be very solid and rigid. But what's really going on, nothing can be further than the truth. What's really going on is the exact opposite of what it appears to be. So the world appears to be dead, static, rigid. Nothing can be further than the truth. The world is alive, the world is dynamic, the world is recreating, being recreated every each and every moment. So you can always start all over again. A fresh start. A new beginning. A mini Rosh Hashanah. Every single morning. Every single day. What an outlook. What a way to start the day. What a way to look at life. No wonder why Jews are the most optimistic people on the face of the earth. Although we suffered more than anyone else on earth combined. Because to us, we don't see the world... (coughs) You know, while everyone else is whistling past the grave, we're celebrating and we see the, we see Hashem and we see godliness and we see everything. So this is the Moda Ani on a deeper level. And yet, if you take it even a step further, it says the Moda Ani, we're thanking Hashem for at night, when we went to sleep, what was the last thing we say? We give Hashem our shama, our soul as a collateral, as a picodin, a collateral. Now, Hashem has our soul as a collateral. But we owe Hashem. We owe Him a lot. And yet, He returns our soul? And this is Jewish law, actually. Jewish law states. If you're watching someone, someone, someone then you have, to, you have to pay him back. You have to give it back to him. He's like a baili. He's watching something. for So Hashem is watching for us. So you have to return the, the object, even though the person owes you money. One has nothing to do with the other. He owes you money, you have to take him to court. But if you're watching something for him, you have to give it back to him. Now it doesn't make too much sense. Logic would dictate that, logic would tell you that if he owes you and you have something of his in your possession, it's legally in your possession. He's asking you to watch something for him. You have a right to hold it, to take it. So listen, you owe me money, I have something in your possession, why should I return it to you? And then have to go chasing you in court. I have already something that belongs to you. I'll just keep it until you pay me. I'll take it as collateral until you pay me. And Jewish law states, you're not allowed to do that. You must return. If you're watching something for someone, you must return it to the owner. One has nothing to do with the other. He owes you money, that's a separate thing. You're watching something for him, you must return it to the owner. Where's the logic? Makes no sense. But this actually highlights a very essential principle or approach that a Jew has to mitzvot. Even the rational mitzvot. The mitzvot that makes sense. To a Jew, all mitzvot are godly. even mitzvot that make sense to us, that are rational and logical, ultimately, what's the whole underlying assumption behind something that's logical and rational? You know, who says, you know, the the rational logical bias is that everything has to make sense and everything has to fit and if it makes sense to us, then we accept. But you can challenge that whole assumption, who says, who says life has to make sense? Maybe we should choose chaos over order. Why are we choosing order? Logic dictates we should choose order. Everything should be neat, everything should be logical, everything should make sense, cause and effect. But who says, who says reality is so neat and so logical? Maybe chaos makes more sense than order that bias that we have towards logic and order, that bias itself is illogical. <laughs> it's not rational. We just accept it, well, this is the way it is. If I challenge that whole underlying assumption, then logic holds no, no. And many, many people in today's society have completely rejected logic and, and rule and laws. And, and the universe is chaotic. That makes more sense. That's more reflection of reality than logic and and rules and laws. So the reason why we choose logic is not because logic is compelling or logic dictates that we should choose logic. It's because that's what Hashem wanted. Because Hashem told us. Hashem said that I want you to choose order over chaos. So why doesn't the Jew steal? Not because logic dictates. Because Hashem said, thou shall not steal. And Hashem created us that we're logical creatures, and He wanted that this mitzvah should also make sense to us. It should agree with us that even our mind should say, you know what, it makes sense. Stealing is not a good thing. But that's not the reason I don't steal. The reason I don't steal is because this is what Hashem wants. That's what compels me. There's no other compelling argument. Arguments, per se, cannot compel, are not strong enough to compel. Logic, per se, is very weak. Because you can challenge the whole underlying assumption of logic. Who says says that order is the right way? Maybe chaos is the right way. And the society that we live in seems to follow that, uh, that pattern. So ultimately, the reason we do a mitzvah is because it's divine, it's godly. It's only that those mitzvot that make sense to us, because Hashem wanted it, it should make sense to us. Hashem wanted that we should should agree with us, we should understand it. But that's not what's compelling. What compels us to do the mitzvah is only because it's divine, because it's godly, because it's Hashem's wish. And we see that in this law. Logically, it makes no sense. Someone asks you to watch something for them. And he owes you money for something else. Why should I return this object to him? I have it. It's in my possession. He owes me money. And I'm not going to get that money out of him. He doesn't want to pay me for whatever reason. Doesn't it make sense? Let me keep this. Let me hold on to it. And why should I have to return it and then go chase him in court? So if, if the mitzvah, the reason we did the mitzvah, were because it's logical per se, then logic would dictate. There's no reason I should give it back. But the mitzvot are divine. Why don't I steal? Because Hashem said so. Don't steal. Period. And because Hashem wanted that it should even make sense to us. That's why it's compelling. So therefore, since Hashem, there's a mitzvah in the Torah that if someone hands you over something to watch, Hashem wants you to return that object. So I'm returning that object. It's an end in itself. Even though it makes no sense. Why am I returning that object? And then I'm going to have to go chase after him to get him to repay me the money that he owes me. One has nothing to do with the other. You return that object, and then you go pursue him in court for the other item that he owes So this we're thanking Hashem. We thank Hashem for restoring our soul. We hand our soul over to Hashem for gatekeeping to watch for us at night. And Hashem practices what he preaches. He follows this law in the Torah. And even though we owe him, and we're obligated to him. And he can say, listen, I have your soul. Let me keep your soul. Why should I return your soul? One has nothing to do with the other. You owe me. You have to do teshuvah. You have to repent. That's, that's, that's one thing. But I, you, I have your soul. as, as uh, I'm watching it for you. I'm going to restore it to you and return it to you. And return it to you fresh. So we thank Hashem. So this reflects a very profound... Understanding an approach of Yiddishkeit, of what mitzvot are, even the logical mitzvot, even the rational mitzvot. Like someone once said, the previous Rebbe said, the world says, Halavai, I wish, I would do the mitzvot that are chukim, the mitzvot that transcend logic with the same enthusiasm that I do the mitzvot, the mishpatim, the mitzvot that makes sense. And the previous Rebbe said, just the opposite. Halavai, I should do the rational mitzvah with the same enthusiasm that I do, the super rational mitzvah, Because the super rational mitzvah are divine. I'm doing it because Hashem wants. And ultimately, even the rational mitzvot, the mishpatim, ultimately, why am I doing it? Because it's godly, because it's divine, because Hashem wants it. Why don't you steal? Why don't you murder? Because it says in the Torah. And we see those secular human societies that threw God out of the picture. Where did that end up? It ended up in, with a Stalin, it ended up with a Hitler. Germany, the seat, the seat of the university. What happened to thou shalt not murder? What happened to thou shalt not steal? Stalin murdered more Russians than Hitler in the name of communism. And lastly, the Modani the is in response to waking up in the morning, the renewal the idea of something new. You know, nothing in the universe is really new. Everything is just a continuation or reflection of something else. Every effect has a cause. The light has the source, the sun. Everything is really a reflection of something else, of something greater than itself. The idea of something new, totally new, something from nothing, without any precedent. That it's not a continuation or reflection or an indication of anything else. It just is. Which is how we feel ourselves, our egos, I exist. Our egos feels like something that's absolute. I exist. I don't need a rhyme, I don't need a reason, I don't need a cause, I don't need a justification, I don't reflect anything. It's like a black hole. It's just me, myself, and I. I am just here. I. I exist. And I want to continue my existence and extend my existence. Where where does that come from? There's nothing in the universe like it. Everything in the universe senses that it has a cause, it has an origin. It reflects something, something greater than itself. The tip of the iceberg reflects the iceberg. Everything points to something else. Everything has significance, everything has a meaning, everything represents something. The exception is the ego. The material world. I exist. It's just about myself. There's no, it does, I don't represent anything. I don't signify anything. I'm not looking to represent anything. I'm not looking to signify anything. Just my existence, period. And that feels very natural. And it feels very comfortable. Seven billion people are born naturally with healthy egos. You don't have to go to school to learn to be egotistical and selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed. It comes very natural. It makes no sense. Where does this come from? Something new. Something unprecedented. Something out of nothing. Where where does this come from? The only one who can create something from nothing is only Hashem. Hashem is absolute. Hashem has no beginning. So Hashem has no beginning. Only He can create a beginning. Only He can create something that's new, that is unprecedented, that comes suddenly out of nowhere. No rhyme, no reason, no justification needed or asked for or requested. I am because I am, and it feels very comfortable. It's completely illogical. Logic dictates that every effect has to have a cause. You see a building, there's a builder. You see a book, there's an author. You see a country, there's a founder. Nothing just happens. And yet, that's the prevailing position. We exist. There's no intelligence, there's no intelligent cause, there's no... We are, period. We just are. We exist. I am because I am. Only God who has no beginning could create truly something from nothing. Something that feels it has no beginning. Feels like absolute. We feel like God. We feel the ego is absolute. But again, it's the drew who makes that connection. When you wake up in the morning... And you, it's a beginning. I am. Know why, what, when, where. Here I am. So the Jew immediately makes the connection. You know where this comes from? Ani. Where does that ni, the I? The Fanecha. It comes from Hashem, the essence of Hashem. Only God can create the ego. Only God can create this physical, material world. Something from nothing. So what Jew sees in this world, the Jew sees the very essence of God. It's a revelation of the essence of God. the, The fact that God has no beginning. In heaven, the soul only knows of God being the infinite. The soul knows of the infinity. That's what it means to be spiritual. But only in this world does a Jew come to know that God has no beginning, the absolute essence of Hashem. And the Jew makes that connection right away. That we see in this world, we see Lefanecha, we're standing before the King of Kings. We wake up in the morning, the King of Kings is right over my bed, standing over my bed. The essence of Hashem has no beginning, is creating me and creating something from nothing. This whole human experience that we're, our whole consciousness and human experience and that feeling of I, that sense of I, a Jew immediately connects. <laughs> so in this dot, this modani which is like a dot, but in this dot, in this first impression, this sets the tone for the whole day, everything in the whole day we're just unpacking, this dot, we're unpacking, everything is contained in this little dot, in this little phrase, in this little sentence that we're saying So even though it's an elementary and it's a very basic and we're not saying Hashem's name and, and it's just a simple statement but in this simple statement in this bowing down In this admission, in this prayer, in this connection, it's all there.